Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. The world, it's miserable, you know the drill. So, once again, I'm Bradley, I'm joined by Stu and we are here to bring you some joy and a little bit of light for the next 45 minutes to an hour. So, how you doing Stu? I'm not too bad. I've been a little bit happier this week and I think it's because, and this will sound ironic to everybody with a pulse, because work has been busy and I don't know there's just something about having your days filled with stuff that is actually quite productive that makes you feel happy and it's a good rebuke to anyone who says oh you know you shouldn't give people benefits because you know it just means people are lazy it's like no people want to work generally and and if they've got stuff to do that they enjoy and feel accomplished then yeah it's good so that was a heavy start but yeah no that's how I feel before, before we said that, I mean, I'm, I'm the opposite. I, what did I say to you? I've been doing all day, Stu. Uh, you basically said you've been, la- you've been lazy, <laughs> lazing around doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, but that's because I want my sight to get better. Yeah. Well, you know, I can, so I can have decent enough sight to spend time with my daughter at the weekend and my son and my partner and just yeah so i can actually do stuff yeah um yeah, you, but yeah I, i've been lazing around on benefits all, all <laughs> in your defense um, you, you basically can't see so you know no um i did have an appointment with um the low vision clinic again uh they had, well no it wasn't it was essex sensory service travel people who came out and talking about what support they could give me when i have appointments and stuff like that which was really really good um and managed to promote the website to them and the podcast which is also good excellent um but yeah oh yeah oh 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 really really good stuff um because my eyes have been bad um since i had my last bleed about six weeks ago i've just not really recovered fully from it which is a shame but you know, yeah. it is gradually, gradually show. I don't want to say improvement because I'm, I'm, I'm now registered essentially blind, and I am gonna. That is gonna be an issue. But I'm having. I, I want to get back to having some more slightly up days where I can, you know, play a video game or watch a bit of TV without it being more of a struggle than it already is. Yes, um, yeah. but it, it's getting there. Uh, that's me feeling guilty, just in case I don't know the DWP listening to the podcast. What? <laughs> Um, I'm not faking it. It's when I talk about like doing stuff. It's good days. I still can't see. Um, but yeah. anyway, yeah. do you know what we can see, Stu? What can we see? We can see dead people. Well, you may be. And we can also see video games. Oh, those I can see. Yes, I create a lot of dead people in video games. Yeah, I mean, you might be able to see them. It depends if they're like, um, if they're sort of like now deleted by Sony's stores or nintendo's old stores you can't see them anymore yeah ghosts dear christ this is a bad segue <laughs> i'm quite enjoying it put, put, put me out of my misery Joe. what have you been playing well i've been playing one this week called uh, i'll probably get the pronunciation and or even the spelling wrong uh astergios yes which is a brand new oh you came out on the 11th brand new kind of action rpg with very light Soulsborne elements uh, say light well we'll get to that but yeah it's essentially a, a combat rpg slightly in the vein of zelda i'd say more than anything else so yeah i mean you know you you go around the land you fight enemies you know you lock onto them you swap between weapons you have potions to restore your health all sounds very zelda and you also have a stamina bar which is very Soulsborne. And what the the biggest difference in terms of like your, your construction of the game is that there are difficulty levels. So unlike the From Software stuff, it's not this is the high difficulty. You know, you either have to be able to ascend that barrier, or you know, you, you, it's not for you. Whereas this one, you can dial it down, which I of course immediately did because well, they're not my games. I'm not adept at them, so I dialed it down to like whatever the easy setting is. Story, I think it's called. Um, and each combat is like quite nicely done because although the enemies are very much at the moment like Zelda enemies, so like the Zelfos and all that, that sort of stuff in in Breath of the Wild, you can choose your weapons from a set of like fast to uh, heavy 
is similar to in the Soulsborne. Yeah. But you can do it imme- right from the immediate jump, you know. You don't have to loot them. They're all there. And it how effective they are is just dependent on how many how much of your XP you put into them. Um so if you want to immediately start with a tank build, you can. If you want to swap that out on the fly to like a fast dagger ranger type or ninja type, you can do that. So it seems like really flexible on that front, um, which is nice. You know, it, you can style things to your own you know, persuasion and bent. Graphically, it's okay. It's, you know, quite derivative. Uh, Sorry, developers, but artistically, so far, it's been reasonably derivative. It's got this vague Grecian theme to it, but it's, uh, you know, it looks pleasant enough, but nothing that really stands out in terms of design. But it plays well. It's very solid. Graphically and engine-wise, nothing wrong with it. Runs good. Runs well on deck. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's... for a genre that's not really mine, although yeah, I kind of dabble it. You know, I've already played like Her- uh, Horizon Forbidden West this year and completed it and stuff like that. It's a it's a kind of soft recommend, I'd say. It's it's good. It's not doing anything particularly exciting so far, but you know, if you're into that kind of game, it's it's definitely a solid a solid choice so far. Yeah, I I, I don't. It's really weird. All the uh, like the uh, the Steam uh, banner and stuff like that, and everything, and the logo it made me think it was some kind of two D, um, like it should have been some kind of two D yeah. Metroidvania Souls like type thing. So I was quite surprised to see it's this big like three D type uh, world. But what strikes me on the visuals, I mean, it's interesting, is the main character, the visual design of 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 her, and like the art style of her she reminds me of like the tiny tina stuff from borderlands oh right yeah it's kind of almost got that sort of cel-shaded hand-drawn look to her but that doesn't fit with the rest of the game it's really weird yeah yeah it is a bit strange and i think it's you know because they've gone we want this to have some breath of the wild feeling Mm. um the character designs (laughs) if you look at that character called hild and you you think of a gender swap, you know, over to Link. You're like, oh yeah. So yeah, all the character designs are kind of Breath of the Wildy, but the world itself is not. <laughs> it's much yeah. more much more realistic. So yeah, it's just a little bit strange. It's a little bit strange. I think that might show their immaturity as a studio a little bit. Um, mm. But you know, who knows what what's going on in the background? But. Um, They've certainly done a good job with animation. It animates well, and, it, and there's some real character in some of the animations as well. So I'm impressed with it from that side. Yeah, it's hard to know, like, obviously this is the studio's first time round with a game. It's hard to know sort of, like, who the individuals are and what they've worked on before or anything like that without doing research. We're not journalists, so we just play the games. Um yeah. And yeah, it's. I mean, for a first effort, it looks impressive. I'm, I'm yet to play this, um, but it does look impressive enough. For a, if it's got difficulty levels, then a my first Souls like almost. Yeah, particularly if you want to, if you you know approaching that genre from the ARPG side. If you are a big Zelda fan, and if you've yeah, you can't you can't hardly have avoided playing you know Horizon or last of us or you know god of war all that sort of stuff it's, it's a good entryway into it from there and as a i feel like i'm grilling you now but um as a female lead character is, is she called is she called astergos or asterigos or whatever it is? no she's called hild no. hild right okay yeah and does she feel like a well-rounded female character or does it feel like a character designed and made by men uh, it's there's no male gaze. Yeah, she's not sexualized, which is great. Yep. E- even in you know, obviously her clothing isn't, and her movement isn't either, which is fantastic. Um, as to whether, and so far she seems to have quite a lot of agency and and her own character. Um, so stylized to be cute, which is the worst thing I can level it at. 
but you know that's not a inherently sexist or misogynistic thing so yeah no I mean from that point of view absolutely great that's, that's good I mean it's, it's, it's really weird like obviously yeah the whole cuteness thing or they've got to make the character still somehow some kind of physically attractive it, it's really weird because if someone designs a character to be quote unquote ugly on purpose that's too much for me you don't want to see that it's the yeah. same as you don't want to see someone make a character um, gay just because it might sell or just because it's away from the normal. You want it to be a reason for it. So, yeah, it's very tough to sort of know how to accept certain character designs. And as I said, what well, everything I've seen is she doesn't look sexualized at all. Um, but she does have... I think I would say, yeah, just a normal face. There's no, They've not gone overboard with any features at all. Which is yeah, it's, it's quite, I act apart from it not being feeling like it's part of the game world properly. The actual character design I'm quite pleased with. It's good to see just someone fairly normal looking. Yeah, I mean it's fair enough. It's kind of it, it leans a, a little away from the the Nintendo side and a bit towards Disney as well. Yeah, so you could say you know it, it's got that appeal to everybody. Because, like you said, it's, it's it's a balancing act, and the reason why it's so difficult to to know whether something is good because it's appealing and attractive in a generalised way, or whether it's appealing and sexy in a in a very specific and unappealing kind of a way, male gaze kind of a way, is because there's not enough women's voices in the industry, <laughs> you know, yeah, pu- pushing it pushing it forward and going, oh no no no, that's wrong. But at the same time, it, you have a, a character like Bayonetta, and I was like, oh, you know, oh, that's really way too sexualized for me. That makes me feel uncomfortable. And then you find out that it is it, not only designed by a woman, but also that loads of women respond very positively to Bayonetta, to that design. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we're in upside down world now because <laughs> this is supposed to appeal to me and doesn't and isn't wasn't you know necessarily supposed to appeal to women and does so it's it's a difficult area yes and if we, if i remember to ever do any of these i will remember to link it in the description um, i probably won't so go and search our old podcast but we did have a discussion about women in video games um, i think during the uh, last of us special we did with the two rebecca's yeah um, and we spoke a lot about Bayonetta there and their reaction to uh, the Bayonetta character. So check that out. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's um, good chat. So, yeah, I've, I've got this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a little um, look at us doing self promotion. Um, I've got, I had a code for this as well sent through after, so I was interested. So I'm gonna have a little look at this at some point once my eyes are up to it. And I finished playing some of my other games I've been playing, which I will come to in a bit. But moving on. I've been playing Lego Brick Tales for the last couple of weeks oh. um, ahead of its release. And I'm just going to come straight out and say it, quite possibly the best Lego video game I've ever played. Wow. Um, so, bit of backstory before we get into Lego Brick Tales. I do enjoy the, the Traveller's Tales Lego games. I've got to make sure I get this right between that and the Walking Dead people. Traveller's Tales do the Lego games, didn't they? Yes, I think so. And it's the other, it's the other TT, whatever they're called, ones who've done the Walking Dead story games and the Wolf Among Us and that. Anyway, whatever. The old Lego games, yeah, Dan the Jones, your Batman, stuff like that. I enjoyed them. Telltale. They're, Telltale, yes. Uh, Telltale do the other Walking one. Well Dead. done, thank yeah. you, Stu. You saved me from embarrassment. Um, <laughs> But, um, yeah, but um, the Traveller's Tales games, I enjoyed them. I, you know, I thought they was very unique at the time. But as with anything, oversaturation. And they became bigger and wilder and they felt less like Lego games and more like massive worlds that just so happen to have a Lego aesthetic. And I just got that. I'm done with this. I'm bored of them. Um, and then you had recently another kind of lego game which was dioramas and stuff which was called lego something or other i can't remember you know me everyone i'm useless at this crap um hopefully stu's got his notes and will jump in in a minute to save me but that other lego diorama based puzzle game was really good 
but Lego Brick Tales feels like a Lego game. Um, in, in terms of you've got these very small diorama-based levels and worlds and stuff like that. And basically, you, you have to go through and solve puzzles by building Lego co constructions and stuff like that. So you might have to build a bridge or you might have to build um, a ramp, some stairs, um, a laser, build all these different things out of Lego. But rather than taking the process of, I'll just hold a button near it and it builds, you have to, like, virtually, physically build these constructs, uh, which is really, really good. So you start off early and it's just as simple as, like, oh, build some steps and you've got some Lego pieces and you have to build the steps out of the Lego pieces. Um, and it takes you into, like, a build area, not in the actual level itself. Um, and then it gets more and more complex. And I came to my, my first one I got to was like I had to build a, like a, a bridge across a, like a cavern. Um, and you're given all these different bits. And it takes physics into it as well. So I built what I thought would work. So I was like, okay, I'll just build it across. Um, attach each of the Lego bits to each of the other Lego bits. And across we go. My little Lego character walks onto it and it collapses. It's like, oh, okay, this has got proper physics to it it didn't show me that in the tutorial so it was a bit of a gotcha moment which i liked nice um so you're building it you have to work out the physics so it's like right okay so i need to build some uh, like some struts underneath the bridge to support the bits where it joins and then i need um like bits on top which will also support it and you have to experiment and get it right but you also get the ability to make it look nice as well which is really really good so there's two elements to it built this bridge took me about 10 15 minutes to get it right because i'm not as quick as other people when it comes to this stuff uh, and i felt so proud of myself for doing it and then you, you move on and you get the story builds and there's another little puzzle and it all the puzzles are just building stuff essentially but it's so satisfying the actual building mechanic is what you dreamed of like if you said to someone like if you ever thought about what do you want in a lego video game this is it you want to be able to build stuff as though you're doing it so it's all done properly you know you have control over your 3d movement of where you put things um, it does do snapping into place and there are like accessibility options for like snapping and but, like helping you along with like visual guides and stuff like that. But aside from that, you can go fully 3D and build it and then even drop it into place once you're happy. Um, and you got full up and down movement as well. So you could like, and it's really clever. So you can put stuff on top of stuff and click it into place. Or you can pop stuff underneath and click it into place. You haven't got to do it in exact position. So you could kind of fudge your way through it. Like like I'm sure we've all done with building a house in Lego where you're like, ah, oh, I'm running out of bits. What can I do? I'll just have these bits sticking out this way and that'll cover the gap. Um, so you've got all of that. Some of it's free from. Others are like mini little levels in themselves. They have like the green base you've got to build on and stuff like that. For some reason, it's got the portal from the failed um, Lego portal games, whatever they were called. Uh, that, they somehow got that. That worked, that, but that's a nice way of getting through into different oh, levels. I don't know. And, yeah, I'm just... Uh, yeah, that, uh, oh, do you know that Toys to Life stuff they did? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to have that portal in it. It's uh. nothing to do with... But anyway... Uh, but yeah, it's just a really enjoyable Lego game, and it's the most satisfying one I've played. I've put a few hours into it. Uh, one issue, though, and I would love to developers to to add this accessibility options. The building parts are all on a really light grey background. Allow me to change that background colour. Um, Allow me to darken it, even if you just give me a slider to make it between black and white and let me choose what I want, because I struggle with that at times because of my vision issues. It's too bright for me. So I've had to really pick and choose my moments to play this. But that is the only complaint. If they can fix that, this is almost the perfect Lego game. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, the one that I played was uh, Lego Builder's Journey. I haven't put as much time into it as I wanted to because it is really, really good. But this sounds even better, yeah. to be quite honest with you, and I'm well up for that because I think, like you say, that, that they don't, there don't seem to be any really bad Lego games. They all seem to be 
at very very worst that you can ever say about them is average and then they go up from there yeah. um they have a surprisingly high hit rate and the ones that lean into the whole building aspect are really what you like you say what you're there for so well, yeah i think i might have to buy this one yeah, I mean, the only way they can make this any more like Lego would be to send you out pain receptors to put on the bottom of your feet. Yeah, no, they really need to add that. Put it in VR and have some sort of, yeah, haptic Lego brick things on your feet. That'd be great. As we all know, Sega would have done that. Oh, God, yes. They would have probably bankrupted, they would have the, out. Yeah, bankrupted the company to make sure that they could do that. Yeah, like they could absolutely make your feet agony for stepping on, like pretending you're stepping on yeah, Lego. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, but it's it, it's brilliant. I I really enjoy. It. I said accessib- one accessibility option um, is my only real issue. But that was also my issue with Builder's Journey as well because again, I struggled. That that, that I've done this thing where it changed background colours on level to level. So I had some levels I could play, others I really struggled with. So again, that's the only thing. Hopefully it gets fed back. I should probably get my um, head out my ass and feed it back to it myself. But yeah, that's the only issue apart from that. Absolutely brilliant. Um, some people might bulk at the price. You know, it's, uh, what is it? It's 25 quid, but it's, you know, what is it? It's 25 quid for a very small single Lego project these days. So yeah, but you know, you, you, you get some people going, is that a proper game? Is it? It's not, well, it's not triple A. <laughs> it's yeah. You're doing uh, your James Stephanie Sterling impression. Oh, am I? Uh, oh, yeah, God. just channeling, channeling them there a little bit in a good yeah. way. Um, yeah, channeling the gamers to you. Um, <laughs> but there's a demo as well. So if you are unsure, there is a demo. <laughs> but honestly, it's well worth it at full price. If you ever see it discounted, get it. And it works brilliantly on Steam Deck. It's actually verified. Question. Only a, only a yes. smallish question. Feel free to say no immediately. Do you know if Reshade works on the deck uh, for Linux? I have no idea what that is. Ah, okay. So I don't know. Well, I ask because it's, uh, it's part of a wider conversation. So Reshade is basically, it's like an injector where you can add and change uh, shader packs. So, you know, like... There's the, there's the base look and then there's like shader, shaders that get compiled and added and reshade hooks into that and allows you to do stuff like, you know, like add filters and scan lines and stuff but you can also use it for like recolouring games and people have oh, right. yeah, so you know some games have the <laughs> charmingly called piss filter where they're a little bit too sepia um, yeah, yeah, yeah. or they're too desaturated or you know they're just too too monochromatic in general people have tweaked it in in reshade and allowed it to have you know a better color palette and i was just wondering whether you know if that works in steam and it particularly for steam deck whether it could be used to create sort of fairly generic accessibility options kind of thing I might look on into that and I'll yeah. report back. I'm, I'm definitely going to have a look at that for you as well because um, it, inter- yes. it does interest me. Yeah, well, there is link to that similarly. There's something just come out of well, it's been in development for a while with various guises, but Decky Loader, um, yeah. which allows you to natively put in plugins. And I want to try the one that allows you to change the saturation in games because I've seen others use that and it's just like the difference is amazing. It turns it almost like not OLED, but it turns it closer to the the uh, Switch screen in terms of vibrancy. Yeah. Um, and you could do that at a system level. So I want to give that a go and see if that helps with some games. But yeah, I'll definitely look into Reshade. That, that's, that, that sounds like I could solve some of my problems. But that's not an excuse, developers. No. That's no. not an excuse. Still have it in-game. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, cool. Thank you for putting that one on my radar. Well, we'll discuss that later. And awesome. see what we can find. Um, so what else have you been playing, Joe? Well, I've dipped back in to one that I hooked up with a few years ago, which is Doom Eternal, because on the Steam Deck it is... Oh, words can barely describe. So it's easily the best performing triple a if you call it a triple a game i think i think you can it's id it's the best performing triple a game on the steam deck that i've played and it it works so well and is so gorgeous and runs at such a high frame rate flawlessly 
that it's just an absolute testament to the genius of id, so- id software it just it's a technical marvel whatever you think of the game it is just staggering what they've brought to the table with that game it looks it's the fact they got it working on switch as well yeah so it's crazy yeah i'm yeah. working well on switch yeah which is you know these days switch is equivalent to a reasonably powered mobile phone you know what i mean yeah just getting it running and it just it looks amazing and it's running on the steam deck beautifully uh, and yeah, it's an t- absolute technical tour de force and shows how far ahead of the game it still are, really. Oh, yeah, they, they have been for donkey's years. Yeah, and you think, oh, well, uh, yeah, they must fall off at some point. And, you know, there was there was that one that, um, oh, God, what was it called? The the open world East Star Rage. Rage. Yeah, sorry, just going to be, yeah. Um, Rage, which was a kind of a bit of a, a misfire. But apart from I enjoyed that, it. Yeah, no, I, I, on a technical level, sorry. Yeah, not on a gameplay level. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I think just because it was difficult to code in, that mega texture technology. Yeah. But yeah, no, you know, it Tech 5, in te- in, I think, are they on, still on 5? Anyway, old man rambles. Ignore that. Um, yeah, and it's great to see, and it's one of those that if you have it and you've not played it on your Steam Deck yet, good God, get going on it. It's amazing. As a testament to id Software, how scalable it has always been. Obviously, there's the Can It Run Doom thing that course, goes on. Have you seen the latest thing that can run Doom? Uh, I've seen it on pregnancy testing kits. That's impressive. Yeah. I've, okay. I've seen it on little LED displays on uh, printers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favourite, and this is fairly new, it runs on Notepad. Nice. Nice. It's which has like it's almost got like this visual style that if someone doesn't turn it into a full blown new game in that visual style, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Um, but I've seen it. Yeah, probably it runs on Notepad now. But it shows. I mean, because you're looking at going like uh, Doom 2016, Doom Eternal, running both on the Switch is just crazy to think that they run well. Um, again, they look like potatoes compared to their like the bigger consoles and the PC version. But I've always been someone that, as long as it's still got some fidelity to it and I can see what's going on, just serve me up a bunch of potatoes visually. I don't care as long as the gameplay's there. And again, I'm not big on it has to be 120 hertz, it has to be 60 frames per second plus, whatever. If you can get it as a stable 30, fine, that works for me. Uh, but again shows that they can get something like Doom Eternal working on a Switch all the way up to a monster PC um, and give pretty much the same sort of experience to all players. That's just crazy how scalable that is. It is, unbelievably. And uh, the performance at whichever uh, setting you choose is always so top-notch. You know, it's what you'd expect from you know a premium brand as it were um and on the on that quickly just to give a bit bit more praise to astergios um they have uh fsr 2.0 in the menu um uh, so for those who don't know fsr is fidelity super resolution which is a scaling technology so it run it runs the game internally at a lower resolution then upscales it automatically for you uh, which means same as DLSS, isn't it? Basically, yes, yes, same yeah. as DLSS, and yeah, it just basically allows you to have a a better image on a lower powered machine, and um, yeah, it seems to it's it's hard because I can't I haven't got anything I can directly compare it to, but for God, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on FSR one uh, turns into a. Well, like a mush, a mush when it gets really bad, <laughs> mushy visuals. Uh, this hasn't done that yet, but then again, it's a less demanding game. But yeah, early impressions are it's really good. Um, it's just impressive that they've managed to stick it in. Um, it's it's brand new technology. It only really got commercially released a couple of weeks ago, so having that in there is brilliant. Brilliant. Um, as an aside, actually, you mentioned Cyberpunk. If you want to play the best version of Cyberpunk you've got about three months left to do it. Stadia? Yes. Because um, it's weird to think that, obviously, all the problems that happened with Cyberpunk on like, consoles and even PC, 
that it ran apparently pretty much perfectly on Stadia. <laughs> yeah. So if you own it, you've got about three months left to get that finished. Yeah, yeah. How gutting. I, I think they're working on getting save transference, aren't they? They're trying to do it for people who've put yeah. thousands of hours into these games. So fingers crossed for that. Yeah, it's just a quick one. Shame on Google um, for the way they've gone about this and the way they've treated developers. Um, huge credit to the like screw the refunds by the way that's that's pr stuff for them and that's pocket change um screw the way they've treated the developers who this will really affect but developers who were what i think a couple of hours away from like having agreements to put their games on and stuff like that um or those that have recently just released them credit to them going about making sure people could still access their games on other services um, or finding other solutions. Uh, they've handled it brilliantly when they shouldn't be having to. Um, it's disgusting what uh, Google are doing. And don't let the the refund options uh, cloud that that is a really scummy practice that they've put into place there. Um, no. And it's no wonder half the crap they put out there fails. No, it's it's not. It's not. We uh, yeah, we called out Steam last week for um for Valve, sorry, Valve really for making good technology and it doesn't always hit the right market. Um but they yeah. generally tend to carry on supporting it. Google are almost the inverse, you know. They produce things that are questionable, you know, marketable quality. They release them at the wrong times and then they stop supporting them. It's just terrible, terrible business model. Yeah, as I said, at least Valve and other companies, they do it on the low key. You know, they wasn't overly promoting the uh, the uh, Steam machines or anything like that. They did within the browser, within their, sorry, their own software. And the same with the Steam Link. But the Steam Link was a small price product that you can still use today, as you've said. Um, so you kind of get that. And it's, you know, you can tell it's been like, just let's get it out there and see what happens. They've not sold it. Whereas Google went, this is going to change gaming. And they made promises. They made promises. They made. They was even doing stuff literally the day they shut down to move forward with it and then shut it down. It's oh, it's for such a big company. Um, I'm, hopefully, in a way, it puts off other companies thinking they could just crack the video game market without doing it properly. Yes, very, very poor show from them. And let's hope that people learn better lessons from it. But here's a question. Go on. Dave Yule, does he go in, does he buy that technology for Valve and offer a cloud gaming option similar to how Xbox Game Pass works? Not the Game Pass side of it, but cloud gaming and everything like that that Xbox do, that PlayStation do, and offer that with your Steam library. I know we've got GeForce now, but that's a GeForce thing. It's not a Steam thing. Imagine the power of being able to play your 150 gigabyte downloaded games via the cloud rather than having to install like the latest NBA 2K or the latest Forza uh, because they're massive like storage hogs um, and just being able to play those from the cloud or the option of playing it from your PC from the cloud or on the Steam Deck natively. Is that is there an opening there for Valve to come in and do something with that with the power of the Steam Deck? Well, I mean the easy answer is yes but I think the more complex answer is I, no. I don't yeah <laughs> and there we go discussion over um but no i think knowing how gabe's mind works as, as well yeah as much as i do which isn't that well but they seem to be much more interested in, in development and playing with technology rather than buying it in um i know that they have partnerships with stuff like you know with geforce and things in certain areas i don't know whether they they'd buy in something that size they might try and develop a competitor. I would imagine that they'd be happy doing that. But would they buy it off Google? No, I don't think they would. Make their own. Yeah. They've got the talent. They have. They just need to have the will because it's a very odd studio. You know, you're allowed to work on the things that bring you joy, <laughs> almost, to a, to a degree. That's my understanding, anyway. Um, yeah. And they do waste a lot. They can't They can't have three products going. No. <laughs> Yeah, no more than two ever, or two and a half. Yeah, <laughs> two and a half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. So it, it it all very much depends on what they get excited by, and they might be excited by that because popularity of the Steam Deck. 
yeah, for me, that that's what I what I I I need. Or I think a lot of people would actually appreciate. It's not. I don't want a cloud solution. That that's where Google Stadia failed. It was cloud only. No one wants cloud only. Cloud as an option. Because say for example, I'm like, there's a bunch of new games come out. I've got a one terabyte card and it's full. I'm like, okay, I want to buy this game and I do want to play it, but I'm in the middle of these games at the moment, so I can't clear space. So I tell you what, while I'm finishing these games off until I've completed them, allow me to play it via the cloud. And then I'll download it, which is what Microsoft pretty much are doing now with yeah. their cloud gaming service and Game Pass. That's what I think we want as gamers is the options. No one's saying that, you know, everyone goes, oh, but the lag, you can't play Street Fighter competitively with cloud gaming. Well, no one wants that. No one is going, well, that's how you're only going to play Street Fighter. All everyone wants is going, okay, well, yeah, but you, might, you won't play Street Fighter via the cloud. You'd be an idiot to do that competitively. But you might want to play a, a game I'm coming to in a minute. You might want to play a strategy game via the cloud because that's totally fine. And that strategy game could take up 50 gigabytes of space, which not everyone's got left. So to have the options there works. And I think that's good. Once they've got Steam Deck where they want it i think that's what they i i've got a feeling they will try that because they obviously they do them in home streaming so they've got a technology there um so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting i i i don't think we're seeing the end of cloud gaming because of the failure of google stadia oh god no 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 it's here to stay and it'll only get bigger and more part of the experience and i think what we we may have learned by now is that it's it's never going to be the only experience because of latency, which you just can't get around. Um, you can minimise it and minimise it and minimise it, but you know, ultimately what it comes down to is you can't be a little bit pregnant. Yeah. You know? Um, if your latency if your latency exists at all, then it's gonna put off certain gamers playing certain games. So the And I think we'll I think we'll see as well the Microsoft version of it that they, they originally uh, was boasted about, which is the the cloud could do the heavy lifting with the on the system doing other parts so yeah. you could actually save space on your systems as well but still have the game locally so yeah. I, I i you know we we are not definitely not in the final form of cloud gaming that's for sure no without a doubt no a hybrid thing might well be something as well but yeah be interesting to see where it goes mm. so anyway I've been playing a couple of games recently because, again, I've, I'm having to discover more things. I can't, you know, I struggle even with, like, Tetris Effect, I, I struggle with with my vision because it's too fast um, at times and the bright colours and everything do cause me issues. I can work around it in some ways and everything, but a lot of the games I used to play, um, I, I can't really play as well anymore. So I've been looking for some slower-based games. Now, unfortunately for me, that means turn-based tactics. And I am useless at turn-based tactics. Um, so I've had to ask for some advice. But I've, I've been playing. Started off with Into the Breach. And uh, I still play that on and off. But I know this is what you've played, I believe, Stu. But I've been playing Gears Tactics. Yes. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, bloody hell, that's a good game. I know, right? <laughs> um, It's like... I've played XCOM. I've tried to play XCOM before a few years back. The uh, Well, the, the first... Uh, reboot of it uh, I can't remember what it was called Enemy Within or whatever um, and I just kind of played that and just my brain melted because you get through the tutorial it's, it's kind of kind of goes it's that that whole thing of right if 1 plus 1 equals 2 solve this equation for the meaning of life you know what that's kind of how the tutorial of XCOM was <laughs> yeah. it goes from basis where right now if you go you're like what uh, whereas this feels like it's stripped down all the right parts, Gears Tactics, and yeah, it's really good. And I played it. Like, I bought it ages ago, um, and I played it. I just went, oh, why do I always make these get these games that I know I'm not going to play properly or, <laughs> or get good at? Yeah. Uh, but I, I've really sort of decided right, this one I'm really going to put some effort into and learn how to play tactics games, and um, it kind of clicked for me um a, a couple of times so there's like one where i was able to use two characters like in over like one in overwatch one to then throw throw like to shoot someone out of their cover into my overwatch code and then kill them and then that gave me extra bonuses for another character who's able to then go and execute a 
semi-downed character, which gave my original characters an extra point to then get themselves into cover for the next win. And it just like just went, oh my god. And I just done it without sort of like looking up guides or anything. I was like, oh my god, I just done that. Yeah. Um, and that that was just like, okay, yeah, I can see, I, I could do this. Um, I'm not going to be great here, and I'm playing on easy. Um, never be ashamed of playing on easy. No, just have to say no. that. Um, and when you get the first boss, the Brewback, is it the first boss that you take on? Big, yeah, I think the Brewback is the first back. one. Yeah. 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 And, um, it's like he says, "Oh, we're going to need to get either side." And I, I did that. I said two, yeah, two one side, two the other. And uh, my first thing I done is always like to say, "Use Overwatch." It's always the big tip. Use Overwatch. So I did that, but I then realised they're not going to shoot at the front of the Brewback, and the, the Overwatch doesn't work with the Brewback anyway. So I was like, "Oh crap!" So I've just wasted a turn. And rather than restarting, I thought, "No, I tell you what, let's work through this. Let's see if we can get through this. It's a puzzle." essentially and he was dominating me i had to sort of like revive a couple of characters use second wind and, and things like that um, and i was getting battered and then all of a sudden after being on the run for most of the boss fight i managed to get into a position where i had four characters at certain points and i was able to shoot to turn him round shoot again with another character to turn him round again at a different angle, shoot with the third character to turn him again, and then the fourth, rinse and repeat, and just took down his final bar in one turn, and just kind of like just went, okay, I love these games. <laughs> because it just felt so good to be on the run and just chipping away at energy and trying to take his guns down and being battered all over the place. So they just absolutely dominated. It reminded me of like a moment in like a, a movie where you take it like you see in a movie and like, ah, oh, they're losing to the bad villain and stuff like that. And then they all of a sudden just work out how to beat the bad villain. And they kick on. It's what it felt like. And yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm still struggling a bit with how to build classes and, and stuff like that. And I might go and watch a couple of videos and respect my characters. But oh my God, it's so good really enjoyed it yeah i was really pleasantly surprised because i mean i quite like the odd tactics game um but you know i'm not i'm not obsessed but i do like them and obviously final fantasy tactics war of the lines i think on psp it's probably one of the, mm -hmm. the best and um yeah but i was really surprised by this because not only does all that stuff that you were talking about like give you all the all the buffs and, and the kind of strategy that you need and you can fit it together in you know again like Lego in any way that you want to, to do the best kind of build but also it, it, it really uses the license really well you know it, it, yeah. it means it it's got a great theme the way it switches to that third person but close up third person melee view when you when you're attacking things and doing finishing moves and stuff is it shows off how good the engine is and, and how good the graphics are and how much that brings you into the aesthetic of Gears. And, uh, you know, that is just great. It's a, a very often like watching a, a just a regular Gears game from a drone view, you know. Um, yeah. Really impressive. Great way to bring you in. Great way to use the license. And a really, really excellent tactics game overall, yeah. And the thing that gets me is it should be shit, essentially. That, it's a, <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember they done that Gears... I, like, it was like a tactics but a MOBA type thing on mobile which they ended up shuttering uh, which was pay to win before this um, and it's sort of like that came out and they done like the Gears pop game pop vinyl game as well which was just bizarre and also a bit crap yeah. um, so when I first heard oh, another Gears spin off and it's tactics oh my god this is gonna this, is, this has no right to be good but boy is it good yeah. and yeah it seems like as has been pointed out to me, it seems a great introduction into XCOM-style strategy games. Um, and I feel like, you know, I, I, I it's now said to me, like, okay, I can play these games. I, what it taught me more than anything was to slow down. Yeah. It's turn-based. You don't need you don't need to rush. And that's something I always did in these games. It's like, oh, I've got to rush because it says I've got to, like, in Gears, there's one where you've got to, like, save two survivors who are in, like, uh, prison pods or whatever they're called, torture pods. And you've got to save them to get the bonus objectives in 15 turns. So in the past, I would have rushed that. I know I've got 15 turns, not realising I could take 20 minutes per turn if I really wanted yeah. to. So I, I slowed down and I was like, okay, I haven't got to get straight to that pod. Let's see what we can clear out and control the battleground and stuff like that. And it just started making me think a lot more laterally, whereas I don't think others 
guide you into that. Whereas Gears did, it guided you into that slowing it down, which is equally doubly impressive because it's Gears, which is a fast, dish-paced action game as a series. So, but yeah, like, and it's brilliant on the on the deck as well. Must say. Oh God, it works well on the deck. Yeah, that's good. Um, more accessibility options. Again, I will always claim this. A couple that is missing. It's got really good accessibility options. You can speak everything to you if you want it to. Um, and it's got blind, colorblind mode, sorry. So, I mean, I've changed, like, the uh, the circle, like, the, 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 the cone colors to, like, a, a purple for the enemy. Yeah. Because I couldn't see the red at all. It's like, that was just ridiculous. I couldn't see it. So, I didn't know where they was, like, covering. Um Again, maybe look at what Spider-Man have done, uh, because the only other thing that's an issue is that I can't always see where the enemy are on the map. So maybe an option of outlining them or giving me other options to see where they are. Um, even if you only put it in easy mode or something like that, I don't know. But just something that gives me more options of where these enemies are so I can plan a bit better. Make them silhouettes of, like, blue or something like that. But, again, it's a minor complaint overall because it's turn-based, I could take my time to really look and, and consider things because it's got more accessibility options than many games have, not quite as much as the Spider-Mans of the world. But, again, it shows we're getting there. Yes, absolutely. A couple of years old as well, so it's good that they, they put so much effort into it. Yeah. I hope it gets a sequel. Yeah, I hope it gets a sequel. I think it probably will. Yeah, I think it probably will. Um... Yeah, uh, you know, I don't even know what it needs as a sequel in terms of like uh, gameplay wise. I mean, I'm not an expert on strategy games. You know, I've only been playing them, I would say, let's say properly for about a week. Uh, so I'm not an expert. <laughs> so, I'd, but I play it. I'm going. I don't even know what they could add to a sequel to change it. Just more of the same for me. Um, I don't know if this. I mean, I again, someone could could uh, tell me what what's missing quality of life wise. But for me, it plays really well. Um, and the only options I would add are accessibility options. But again, more experts might consider more. Um, but let, let's hope we've bought a job around that's not the, the not too small scale that it's it's its own thing like uh, uh, into the breach, but not overly complicated that like newcomers can't get into it. Let's hope it's found its own little niche as a series. Yes, I would hope so, and I think if there is a sequel, I think that's where they can really, really excel, really shine. I think a couple of if they could add a couple of modes, um, that would be good. So maybe like, you know, the mode where you've got to get, you kind of got to progress through the level, getting bombed behind you. Yeah, that was really that's good. A, that was panicky, but yeah. at the same time, yeah, uh, some more stuff like that would be great. Um, different game modes, even if they're just kind of like side ones. Maybe bring in more vehicles. Um, that might break it a little bit, though. They'd have to do it cleverly, yeah. but they could do. Um, yeah, I think that's the main thing. And the rest, like you, I'd be happy with just more of the same, apart from that. I'd just, I, I'd like some, like, I don't know if it opens up or anything like that, but just some, like, oh, do you want to just do a single player skirmish? with some like maybe like i don't know skirmish of the day type stuff yeah. where you get some pre-built characters and i don't know you get scored based on how well you perform and leaderboards and stuff like that away from the single player game that's yeah. the only that's the only thing i would like because i'm kind of going into it i've got a fancier game but i'm not in the right headspace to sort of like potentially lose my characters that i've built up so yeah. Yeah, it's just that like single player random skirmish of the day. Something like that would be really cool. But you know, again, it's it's minor things and it's yeah, it's just really it's opened up a new genre to me. Uh one that I feel I can play um even as a blind person. Excellent. Great stuff. Uh but yeah, accessibility is always much, much needed. We need more accessibility in video games. I will continue to beat that drum. Um, so one of the things I'm going to be doing with the site, um, I'm going to make some more announcements next week about sort of like the direction of, of the site in a positive way. Uh, we're not going anywhere. But I want to start bringing more sort of like talk about disability rather than just the mental health side of it into MHG uh, because there are resources out there that give you full breakdowns of, of um, what accessibility options are in games, which is good, which is good. Uh, but none of them really say, oh, what's the actual experience like? They just kind of go, oh, it's got this accessibility option. 
Um, so I actually want to put together a resource on the website that actually says what the games we've played, um, what what's it actually like to play from an accessibility point of view. Not even a, is it a good game? Just what's it actually like to play? Is it playable? Because um, I said, like, Lego Brick Tales, wonderful game, not always playable. And I think that, that needs to be addressed more. So that's something I'm looking to do. But more stuff I'll talk about next week once I've actually remember to speak to Stu about it <laughs> no that's great yeah no um like it's a really interesting area so cool yeah look forward to seeing that um also i've had an email come through offering uh codes um which just I, i've got a get it's called paradise marsh nice name which is my stripper name no it should be it should be shouldn't it really should uh but yeah it looks quite cool actually it's like a Looks like a wholesome, but not quite wholesome, narrative story type thing. But yeah, it looks really cool. Uh, I might pick that up. Great. Um, and give that one a go. Cool. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I, I'm kind of like rambling now, Stu. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? <laughs> well, I was going to just very quickly mention uh, that Chiaki again, which is the, yes, the way of go for it. Yeah, the way of playing, the way of playing uh, PS4 and PS5 games on on your computer streaming. I, was, I really, I really thought he was about to say Chiaki way of the samurai. That's what it sounded like. It should be. It, <laughs> it sounds should, like a should be. It sounds like an old Japanese samurai movie. Yeah, yeah, it does a bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it isn't. And there's no decapitations. Well, not so far anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I use it on my Steam Deck, and I talked about it last week. It having problems. I got some home plugs to try and make the connection experience a bit better and to stop the lag and latency a bit they didn't work very well i think just because you've got ancient electricity <laughs> old electricity in our house um so i what i did i yeah it's pretty boring so what i did to make the experience better was go into my router settings and change the five gigahertz band which is the fastest one to uh, a different channel so that I wasn't on the same channel or a similar channel to my neighbours. So I was I was uh, on the same channel as my neighbour, so I moved it to a different one and immediately had a much, much better experience. And being able to stream your game from a different console to the Steam Deck is just fantastic because, you know, it just opens it up to being able to play it anywhere in the house and you don't have to be tied to your console. It's great. The Steam Deck is amazing. And um, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> now, have you got Resogun? Uh, I have. But on, on, well, on what? On the PS... On the P- PS4? No, because you've got my PS4. That's a good point. <laughs> Can you play it on the PS5? <laughs> Probably. Probably. You I'll check. So how that plays on the Steam Deck. Yes, because it was great on the Vita. It, oh yeah, it's brilliant on the Vita. I, I, I think I completed it on both the Vita and the uh, PlayStation Four as well. Um, still, the, one of the best ever launch games, and I will take that one. I will fight anyone that says otherwise. Well, yes, and uh, and neatly tying in, the game that I'm playing is Returnal, which is by Housemark, who made yes. <laughs> who made that game. So, Housemark, who were going to stop making arcade games, but are now making arcade games. Again. Yeah, they they meant like 2D style didn't they they didn't say it they it didn't was express just a PR it disaster. Like yeah it was yeah no it's like me announcing something <laughs> no they they yeah they basically meant we're not making old-fashioned games anymore old-fashioned style yeah. games um, i i want to play returnal but i'm still holding out hope we get a native pc build it's it night. yeah it's definitely coming i think they walked it back so they found out they were making a load of money more than they thought sony did for from doing pc releases but then they got a little bit of cold feet and jitters and 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 walked it back a little bit and instead of going oh if we release day and date on ps5 and pc we'll make a lot of money they've they're gonna put at least a year in between the releases and it's been more than that now for returnal so it should be rocking up fairly soon on the pc i think yeah i'm okay with the holding back because their strategy to is different to microsoft's microsoft's will always now be day and day if it can run on a pc it'll run on a pc or via the cloud um and you will get it on you know whatever system you've got um sony's is a different strategy they need to sell 
PlayStation 5s. They need to sell them. That, that's part of their strategy. So I'm okay with that year-long exclusivity um, because I'm happy to wait for most of their games because they're mostly third-person action romps that take hours to play anyway. Yep. Um, so I, I'm happy. But what I want to see Sony do is actually now go back through their catalogue. Stuff like Puppeteer and Rain, like stuff that came out towards the end of the PS3 era. Pulp that in some way if you can. Um, get that onto PCs because give new life to games that I think the PC gaming crowd would really want to pick up on. And essentially, I think would easily uh, back the the cost of porting, but also make people aware of your catalogue and sell more games, if not turn a direct profit anyway. Um, and the likes of Resogun. Imagine a native Resogun on Steam Deck. Imagine it. I know it'd be so good. I, I don't know where where they are, where their head is at the moment with the, with their strategy. I, I don't know. I think it's how much has the Steam Deck turned their heads. You know, uh, it does. It doesn't have to. It doesn't really apply to Microsoft because I think Microsoft are quite happy to eventually do an app for for you know for. Oh, it's happening. That, yeah. that's going to happen. The fact they they put out a thing straight away going, "This is how you can make it work." That yeah. Um, yeah, it's I, I, I'm half expecting to see a native, not native, but a a version of the Xbox Game Pass app that allows you to play locally as well. Yeah. So you'll get your proper cloud gaming app and also, yeah, this fire, even if it's fire heroic games launcher or something like that, they are going to make it happen. I just can't see them not doing it. No, and yeah, and I think Sony have to... Sim in a similar way, they have to take their PS now so that you can have an app on different devices. Uh, yeah. it, it, it seems to be having to go that way for them, I think. Oh, 100%. Um, but yeah, I think we're into a very interesting future. What's interesting now is this next three months towards the end of the year. Steam Deck, obviously, there's now no queue. Um, the, the year of the queue is over. It's been a weird year for queues. <laughs> yeah, um, it really has. Uh, yeah, 2022, the year of the queue. Um, I was in the better queue. I was in the queue for the Steam Deck. Um, not as long as others, just have to point out. Um, <laughs> I was one of the lucky ones. Me too. I feel privileged still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, there's no queue anymore. Um, I think the biggest turnaround is a week now um, from sort of ordering to getting an email um most cases it's you could just go straight on and buy uh which is brilliant um and i think if they can keep if they if they can keep up with demand and people want it and more and more people are wanting this thing um you can see how much it's taking specialist sites um and forums by storm i think once it gets out there you just say to people yeah it's a switch but better that's it um yeah it's a switch but you can get games for like 20p yeah good games yeah um <laughs> Yeah, do you see that game you want on the Switch that's 20 quid? Yeah, fiver. Exactly. You might already own it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've probably uh, got it already. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I've never had a Steam account. Don't matter, you've probably got it. So, yeah, I think we're getting into it. I think that as soon as it sort of hits the mainstream, and I've seen a couple of things that are pushing it further towards the mainstream, I've seen it get some, like, TikTok videos from, like, TikTok-type people who don't seem like gamers as such, gamers TM as such it's, it's getting there and i think the next three months if as long as valve don't mess up christmas i think we've now got a fourth competitor in that console market as well yeah it, it, it does seem like it it seems as if it's becoming the new fourth pillar yeah um, and it's actually like the biggest my biggest worry was um, docking the thing was like like with the switch it's so easy to dock a switch um and it's actually quite easy now to dock a steam deck they yep. fix the software issues behind it and it's literally you pop it in a dock and they just pop the um the thing on top um and yeah. away you go it's they're pretty much you know i i the switch has got competition um yeah. and i think not getting a pro out there I think could bite Nintendo a little bit. Not to the point where they're going to fold or anything like that, but where they've now got to rethink what they do for Switch 2 or whatever they call their next system. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was what we talked about last week. And in a way, it makes the job 
of choosing where they're going with this, the next switch easier because it's like oh you know shall we go back to we should be more desktop focused or do we carry on with making it our handheld do we split away from having a handheld and you know like we always used to with having the and it kind of just focuses them of like no we're sticking with the handheld thing and i think you have at least for the foreseeable future you nintendo should be and should see themselves as a handheld gaming device creator you know, I, I think that's where they've always had their best success. And it just seems like the logical choice as well, because it's mostly for kids. So, yeah. Go on. The problem they've got is where do they... Because Nintendo have always been where they've been different. And the Switch was different. It finally gave you, quote-unquote, console-quality gaming in the palm of your hand. So it's different to an Xbox. It's different to a PlayStation. Uh, now, it's it's not different to a Steam Deck. The Steam Deck does a better job of playing more games at a better quality than the Switch. And it, in your hands, it feels quality. I, I said, I, I've got nothing against the Switch. I think the Switch is brilliant. I've played some wonderful games on it. I've got a great library on it. And I, I still think it's one of the best ideas ever and it's created what we're getting now with the steam deck in all fairness you know it was revolutionary i love it the problem is i can't play a switch anymore it feels cheap it feels like it could fall apart any moment if for want of a better word it feels fisher price compared to a steam deck um and nintendo now really need to go do we now have to put the power into this thing because the handheld the docking that's not unique anymore um price wise you know, there's not much between a 64 gig Steam Deck and a OLED Nintendo Switch, <laughs> and you could swap out that 64 gigabytes. I done it with site issues. I swapped out a 64 gigabyte drive for a 256. So again, it's not overly difficult to make those little adjustments and everything. So I think what Nintendo need to do is, if they're going to do anything, is lean into the Joy-Con but make the Joy-Con better. I think they need to have different... A, a Joy-Con that is uh, modular, in a way. I don't know what they're going to do, but it can't just be a slightly better version of what they've got, because we've got we've got a much better version of what they've got already. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Um, we could be... I, I wonder if we're going into an N64 stroke GameCube era with Nintendo moving forward for the next few years. Yeah, I would. what I would recommend to them, like if I was their sort of strategy guy, I'd be like, don't change the model too much. Um, yeah. I, you know, you've, if you create something that good, you stick with it. And I, I think that, that, that kind of... The, the, the company that they're most like outside of gaming is Apple. And what Apple did was they consolidated a lot of their tech into the iPhone. And then yeah. they were kind of, uh, uh, they're over-iterating it now and they don't really have any new ideas. You know, and Steve Jobs is probably rolling in his grave. But before that, when Steve Jobs was still alive and running the place, it was cons every year you'd be like, I can't believe they're doing that. That's amazing. And you're like, yeah, you paid for it. But what they did was incredible. I never bought into it because I don't like the Apple infrastructure. But yeah, they, they had that right. And I think knowing when to consolidate is really important. And I would, I think I've mentioned before, what I would do is I would have it, I'd have the Switch 2 fairly small, maybe have a bigger model later, but start with it being fairly small because being portable in a way that the deck isn't is still a defining factor. Um, and in the box... So obviously I would steal the ideas of having back grip buttons, um, haptics, all that sort of stuff. But I would also, in the box, I would have very small Joy-Cons for kids and I'd have a, like a pro or an upgrade set for adults and you know older children that have more features and functions uh, but is less portable. And I would put that in the box. That would be where I put my... I'm Nintendo, I do something interesting with physical, you know, hands-on stuff. That's where I'd put my thought and money. Yeah, yeah. That, that, it's got, it has got to either be 
an evolution of the Switch in terms of what they do with the controls, as you said. Um, or they have to just stick the Switch out for longer and go back to the drawing board and give us something again that we're not expecting. Yeah, yeah. And if they are going with the Switch 2, the way that they could... The, the way that they can at least keep pace, if not exceed in the market, is by, <laughs> which we always tell them, increase the rate of your game creation and IP. You know, stop hold, yeah. withholding all of your big IP and release more titles more frequently because people are going to start buying indies to play handheld on the Steam Deck or on an Ambernick or on their phone. The way that you can differentiate is bringing out the stuff that is you know, exclusive to your console on your handheld, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, also, I mean, the one way they will guarantee yourself from me, if they could, they could do this for the family focus as well, but if they're opening bit of music for the release of the Switch 2, is an ooh, Switch 2, your mama 2 and your daddy, I will be disappointed in them and never buy a Nintendo product again. Oh, well, <laughs> you can wave goodbye to the Switch 2 for you then. <laughs> But I want to see a Daphne and Celeste collaboration with Switch 2. So let's do it. <laughs> Isn't that what everybody wants deep down? That's what, that's all. Yeah, that's what we want. The Daphne and Celeste Switch 2. Nice. Uh, do you know what? I'm, I'm talking bollocks now. So do you know what I think I'm going to do, Stu? What are you going to do? I'm going to shut up. Okie dokie. So hopefully you enjoyed those discussions. I thought they were pretty good. Um, in the meantime, if you want more of us... Oh, you know, some people must, then check out our content online, follow us on all the socials, join our Discord, support us on Patreon if you can afford it and it doesn't put you out of pocket, and if you think our content is worthy of it. And in the meantime, until next week, stay safe and stay sane.